Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner. And I'm your co-host, Brian J. Henderson. <laughs> Brian, what happened to the music? I have no idea, <laughs> but I can start it. Here we go. Hi, that's this is General okay. Colin Powell with an important message. Nope, that's not it. All right, that's let's try one. this again. That's a good one, Brian. Uh-oh. Brian, I tell you what, we have a special, special guest tonight. And right now, Brian, on the line with us is Anastasia Smith. She's going to be our special co-host for tonight as well. So, Anastasia, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yes, we're going to Glad to be fun. here tonight. Yeah, well, good, good. We're going to talk about some things tonight, Brian. But, Brian, you know what? I want you to tell everybody about the conference that's going on this weekend. Yes, yes, for all those who are interested and are in town and have plenty of time and an attentive ear, we have the SOS Conference. And the SOS Conference will be held this Saturday. And many of you may ask, what is the SOS Conference? Ask, what is the SOS Conference? (laughs) All right. The SOS Conference is a conference, hold on one second, Ah, I'm trying to blog and tell you at the same time here. All right. The OSOS conference is Sisters Organizing to Survive, and it's going to be held on February 6th through 7th, and that's at the Lincoln Center of 438 West Brevard Street, Tallahassee, and it's the Capital City SOS Black Women and HIV AIDS Conference. And that conference is designed to teach our women and our people as a whole about the real uh, issues of HIV and AIDS and black women and women in general uh, with a focus on African-American women because right now the uh, HIV AIDS epidemic is the number one killer of African-American women ages 25 to 44. And so in conjunction with National HIV AIDS Awareness Day, um, the host conference, uh, uh, conference host MACA Incorporated is, and they're also going to be with the Leon County Health Department. I can barely read what I'm reading here. I'm sorry. Uh, Leon County Health Department, Office of Minority Health, and the Department of Health Women's Health Issues will be co-hosting this conference. So again, Capital City SOS Sisters Organizing to Survive Black Women and HIV AIDS Conference, February 6th through 7th. It's going to be an all-day event, and if you choose to go, please go by. I believe that the conference cost is $20, and please make sure that you go to MACA website, and that is MACTION, that's M-A-A-C-T-I-O-N dot org to register. And that is MACA's website, that's M-A-A-C-T-I-O-N. I-O-N, org. Okay. Brian, you want to uh, talk about our guest a little bit? But I, you know what? I'll say this first about our guest. I'll let you bring her, bring introduce her. I know she, she's going to call in a little bit. But when we went to see her do her one-woman show, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. It, it was awesome. She took us down this long, long Road, I would say, type of like a road or journey, and it was like you were actually going back in time and living through 
the bad choices that people made. That's what I got from it. I, I don't know, Brian. What, what did you get from it when you saw it? You know, it her show was just so dynamic and real and in your face. You know, my daughter, you know, I took my, my children all there, and my daughter, all she could remember was when she played the role of the old woman and uh, who was the, you know, big, I guess, uh, bougie-type woman, and, you know, but she was HIV positive, and she talked about a day where, you know, she went to a restaurant. And my daughter remembered that because, you know, some of the things that Miss Ralph said, it was like, bam. And my daughter was like, wow, I couldn't believe that, you know. And so it, it really gave her, you know, a, a real true understanding of just how real the HIV-AIDS epidemic is, you know, because they've seen me go out and do HIV prevention. They've been to just about every event that I've been a part of. You know, they know what HIV is. They know what it can do to you. They know we have family members that are have lived that are living with it and those who have died from it. So they know about HIV-AIDS, but it really hit home, you know, during the conference last year when Miss Ralph came down. And, of course, we're talking about Cheryl Lee Ralph, who is one of the original Dream Girls, and she's also uh, very active in HIV. She's the national spokesperson for the National Minority Aid Council, you know, and those are those are some among some of the numerous things that she's been a part of and been involved with, aside from her acting roots. Yeah, yeah. You know, but I, I want to um, talk with Anastasia because Anastasia used to work in this field a long time ago, and when I was talking with her today, she's like, I haven't been in that field in so long, and I was saying, well, you know. People make bad choices. A lot of a lot of women out there are making bad choices, and I know that when she was out there in that field working, I know she used to see a lot of women coming in with the virus or being tested or just calling in, uh, you know, just dealing with this terrible, terrible disease. So, Anastasia, if you do, you remember when you worked in this field? Let me ask you that first. I know you said it was a long time ago. Yes, it's been about. Almost five years now. Uh-huh. But, yes, I, I do remember um, because I got so involved, I had to test those, not just women, um, men, women, boys, and girls were all coming and getting, getting tested, and I had to test those folks as well as give them their results. Wow. And so it was. It, it got pretty hard and rough for me because I got so involved with it. I had to tell college students, young kids, older people, that they were affected by HIV and AIDS. You know, and yeah. go ahead, I'm sorry, go ahead. It, it, it really it really set home for me, and so I had to come out of it because I got so involved in it and because it was so touching. Because to look at a person, you cannot tell that they have this. And when they mm-hmm. come in, you don't expect for that test result to come back positive. Wow. But in many cases, it did. You know, I, I I didn't know that you had to give the results to them. And Brian, yeah, yeah Brian, he's still going around now testing people and, and going to the places to try to help as many people as he can to know their status. And mm-hmm. I know that's something that's going to be discussed this weekend. But, Anastasia, when these people came in and, and, and they were tested 
and you had to tell them that they were positive with this, what were some of the reactions uh, from some of the people? Many of days I was the shoulder to cry on. There were some cases where they would come in and they knew that they were positive and just, you know, they wanted to start the service. They wanted to, you know, to find the resources that were out there to help. So in order to do that, we still had to test them, you know, to make sure they were positive. But there are other cases where these people didn't know they were positive. And to just sit across the table and tell somebody they're positive from HIV and AIDS and they just find this out for the first time was very hard. And it was kind of hard for me because being a, you know, Christian or whatever, at the workplace we weren't able to, you know, we couldn't say, you know, do you believe in the healing power of God? You know what I mean? So it was like I was stuck in a hard place because I wanted to tell them, you know, about the healing power of God at the same time being professional, so it was hard for me being that that shoulder to cry on, and I couldn't do anything. You know, it's interesting that you talk about your faith when you're dealing with these issues because I myself, you know, have, you know, dealt with those issues as well. You know, how far to go without saying, you know, talk to Jesus about it. You know what I mean? Exactly. You know, exactly. and what I found that, in a sense, it's okay to say, you know, do you have a person that you can talk to, you know, do you have a, a faith leader or someone along the lines that you can speak with, you know, and that not be crossing the line. Okay. You know, and 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 other times there are people that, you know, I tell them, I would tell them, you know, if you want to talk to me in confidence after, you know, after the fact, you know, call me. Anytime you feel like talking, call me. Right. You know, because there are some people that, you know, sometimes even when they were negative, you know, they knew what they were doing. You know, they knew that they were out there and they were in those risky behaviors, you know, and so they they want to get out, and some of them are trapped. Right. You know, and and being that, you know, we were in the same, you know, field doing the same work, you know, I can can truly tell you that it is the hardest thing and was the hardest thing and still is the absolute hardest thing to do to tell somebody something that is completely life-changing, like you are HIV positive, when you full well know that that is something that is 100% preventable. Right. Exactly. You know, let me ask you another question. When you were out there and, you you know, you give the pretest and then you talk about the risky behaviors, you know, what kind of attitudes did you get, you know, what kind of attitudes did you get? From, what kind of vibes did you get from the people that you spoke with? Most of them were very standoffish. They didn't want to hear about you telling them to use condoms. They didn't want, they didn't want to think that it could happen to them. I don't know. I don't think I need to be tested. It won't happen to me. Me and my boyfriend have been together for a long time. He don't have it. He's not messing around on me. So, I mean, it was like um, they didn't want to accept that it could be them. If you're out there having sex and you're not protected, it could be you. But they didn't want to accept that. So I got a lot of standoffish, can't happen to me attitude, but there was some that was open to taking the test, and some, you know, voluntarily came to get tested. Right. So it was a, a mixture of, of all. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it was funny you would say that how some of the attitudes would be. 
because I was just teaching an abstinence course today, mm-hmm. and I'm uh, dealing with a bunch of youth, some boys, and one of the boys, he kept promoting the fact that I could just use a condom. I can just use a condom. I can just use a condom. You know, and I kept telling him, you know, condoms are not 100% effective. They're, they're, they have effectiveness, but they're not 100% effective. So, you know, and I told him, I said, there's also an emotional part of that that you deal with, you know. And that's why I asked you a question about the emotions. What kind of vibes did you get from the people? Because I know when, when I was testing people, you know, I would tell them, you know, condoms are okay for protection, but the best protection is that you change the behavior. Right, exactly. You know, because this kid, I kept asking him the same question over and over, and he kept saying, you know, no, I wouldn't do that. And the question I asked him was, if you had a gun, if I had a gun that had 100 chambers in it, and I put a bullet in one of those chambers and then spun the chambers, would you put the gun in your mouth and pull the trigger? And he said, no, that's crazy. Why would I do that? I could kill myself. And I said, well, that's the chance you take. Each time you have sex unprotected, I said, or even with the condom. I said, because condoms are not 100% effective. While they are effective, you know, would you take that 1% chance? Right. You know, and so I say that to say for all the listeners out there, the 100% way to not get HIV, not get pregnant, not have drama issues. I tell everybody that same drama issues are just as bad as, you know, emotional issues are just as bad as physical issues. So no drama and all that stuff that's associated with it is to be abstinent. And if you can't be abstinent, get married. Get your one partner. Stay with that partner. Don't tip out. That's another thing. Don't tip out, y'all. Don't tip out. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, Brian? I, I, I wanna I wanna go back to Anastasia. I heard her say something that that stuck with me about she being a Christian and knowing the Lord and her relationship with Him. And these people, you know, she probably couldn't say certain things because of her profession. You know, it's 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 hard. I mean, it's it's almost impossible. To talk with someone If you have that relationship with the Lord And your faith and and all of that How did you I know you had to skirt around it I know you had to skirt around it So what what, When you went home You had to go home and you had to deal with this I guess my question is How did you deal with Trying to leave God out of something It was A hurting feeling because it's like I know the answer to your problem, but I can't really tell you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm having to give you this professional side of me, which was, I mean, it was me because I was in that position at that time, but the real me couldn't show up because all I want to tell you is about, okay, how you can get over this, how you can be healed from this. So the real me went home like, okay, you didn't do you didn't. You wasn't Anastasia today because you didn't witness. You didn't do that. But I'm at my job, God. You know, so it was very hard for me to the point I had to get out because it's like I wasn't myself. I was stuck into in between this professional and my Christian side, and I couldn't. 
I couldn't do it. Yeah. So you I, know, yeah. You, you, I struggled. So when so so back in your life before, I, I guess we can say that you you've had this relationship with the Lord. You've you've gone through some hard times and you you've had some hard knocks and you you've gone through all this stuff. Can anybody tell you that God is not real? No. No one can tell me that. I know that he's real. I've had, I I mean, God used me in the gift of healing. So not to, to sit there and not be able to lay my hands on the person and believe and have faith that I could, that through me, the Lord can heal this person. But I can't mention that because I'm at my job. Right. You know? Right. So, no, nobody can tell me that God is not real. Well, let me ask you this, and I know Brian is just chomping at the fence to, to talk with you. <laughs> even even in your struggles, even when when days that you're weak, do do you have the faith or do you have the, the mindset that you could put your hands on yourself? I do. Wow. I do. Wow. That's, now. Now, 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 that's powerful. That's powerful because a lot of people that that are struggling, you have a lot of people that are facing foreclosure. You have a lot of people that, that are losing and have lost their jobs. And you have families. You, you know, every time you turn the television on, somebody's getting bad news, whether they've been tested and now they're positive with, with HIV or they found out that someone in their family may have been murdered and killed or they go home and find someone dead, you know, at that point, you know, you, you're faced with what do you believe? What do you know? You know, what 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 are you going to pull back on? So we're, we're just glad to have you on tonight because we know that you're a rock. We know that. We know that uh, you and Miss Rath have a lot in common because she feels the same way. And uh, hopefully she'll be, be calling in in a little bit and we can talk with her. But, Anastasia, again, we, we'd like to thank you for coming on the show. Stay with us. We're going to do some things, and we're going to talk about some other things. But you know me, Brian. I love to talk about that faith. I love mm-hmm. to talk about that. That's 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 what I love to hear. And, you know, I, I guess with a person that's been told that they have this disease, uh, Anastasia, how important is it for that person to rely on their faith? It's very important. Um because they don't have to stay in that state if they believe. If they believe in the healing power of God, they don't have to stay where they are. And it gives them strength. Even if they can't believe God for their healing, it's, he, they still can draw from his strength. Because mm. when they're weak, he's made strong. Mm-hmm. He's, so, I mean... If you don't have that faith to believe that, okay, God can do this for me, you still can go to him, God, help me through this. Because one thing that I always remember is that he's too wise to make a mistake and too just to do wrong. So if I can just keep that, okay, God, I don't know why I'm going through this right now. I don't know why this happened. I can know because I didn't do what I was supposed to do. I was out there doing this and I was out there doing that. But, God, you're faithful and you're just to forgive so I'm not going to look at it as you giving this. You, I mean, this happened to me for punishment, but it's because of the the, the decisions. I'm sorry that I've made, but yet God, you're still faithful and you're just and you're able to bring me through this. So give me strength to go through this. If it's not that will to heal, but but I know God that you can heal me. 
Even if you don't, I still know that you do. Hmm. I know. I still know that you can if you don't. That's a wonderful so, place. That's, I that's think a wonderful faith place to be in. Yeah, yeah. Time really is what that person needs to draw on. Wow. To bring them through. Awesome, awesome. You know, I was just thinking about. Um, I have family members who are living with it, as well as some who have gone on because of HIV and AIDS. And I was thinking about, you know, some of the ones who had taken their medication and the ones who hadn't, the ones who knew they had it and the ones who didn't, you know. And for the ones who who knew they had it and they wouldn't take their medication, mm-hmm. it was sort of, you know, I guess I'm trying to find a word for it. It was sort of their life was real, was surreal. It was it was like they knew they had it, but they didn't want other people to know they had it, so that they wouldn't go and get the medication that could save their life. Mm-hmm. And I can remember that um, I had an aunt, and all she would say is, "I'm in God's hands now." And she didn't want people to treat her any different than they used to treat her. So she never went to get tested. Her boyfriend had died from it. And she knew that it was a possibility, a strong possibility that she had it. But she never went and got tested. She never went and got tested. And I can remember it was only after she died that everybody found out the truth. You know, but we knew anyway. But she would never claim it. She would never discuss it. If you questioned her about it, she would say, I'm negative. I don't have it. You know, and she didn't, and and I'm saying all that to say, she did not want people to treat her differently because of the disease. And that's that's the one thing that I've noticed of why people don't get tested. Because they're afraid of being ostracized. They're afraid of knowing their status because of how it will affect their status. Yeah. You know, and I think that's one thing that we really have to get past because the truth is, the reality is, there are people dying. They're dying from this disease when they could live with the disease. They're dying from the disease because they're not going to get tested so they can know their status, so they can learn better behaviors, do better behavior, you know. They're dying because they don't want to live with it. Greg, can I go back to your question about how AIDS plays a big part? I have to share this with you. I have a friend. He and I was in middle school together, and... um, he, you know, he chose to go another way or whatever. But about a month or so ago, he made contact with me. He found me. We had lost contact, contact since, like, at high school. And he found me, called me on my job, found me. I mean, just years later, he found me. And he told me that he was HIV and AIDS. You know, he has HIV and AIDS. Um but he turned from those ways and got saved, 
filled with the Holy Spirit called I mean, that was his testimony to me when he called me and told me that he had changed and he had found the Lord. Mm. And his next thing was, right now, Anastasia, I'm undetectable because I'm believing God that I'm healed. And I was like, okay, God, you know, if he's undetectable right now, just by his faith, and if he keeps believing you, God, what else? I mean, you're able to heal him. Mm-hmm. And so when you ask me about, about faith, that, that came to mind that he's believing for his healing. And even he's not going to take his medicine right now, but he's believing it. And he go and he gets, you know, he goes to his regular appointment, and right now he's undetectable. Mm. And so, of- yes, I feel that your faith has a big part to do with it yeah you know and and i don't want to get anybody uh i don't want to have anybody misunderstand us we're talking about in every situation we're just we're not just talking about when a person is dealing with aids or a person has been told that they have cancer i mean you you can be at your job and, and your job is causing you stress your faith can change that right it, it, it's not just uh, being told that you have a bad whatever, whatever, a bad report. It, it's not just that. It could be about anything. And for someone to call you, Anastasia, and share that information with you, I mean, can you imagine, Brian and, and Anastasia, how tough it is for a person to been diagnosed with something like this? They're going to be very careful with who they pick up the phone and call and talk to. Mm-hmm. There's only a few people that are going to call And Anastasia, you should feel honored that this guy You know, felt and, and thought so high of you to call you to say I want to share this with you This is something dealing with my life is so serious I want to share this with you So you must have did something or uh, spoke something into his life Or it was something that he saw about you That he felt comfortable enough that he can come to you and talk about it well, he always said, Anastasia, I just knew something different was about you. Because we have another friend, and he hasn't shared it with that friend. It was three of us. But he chose to find me after years to tell me he had found the Lord and to, you know, to let me know that he was HIV positive, but right now he's undetectable. So I, I, I do feel honored. I feel um and you at should. a loss of words for him yeah. to, yeah. you know, to find me after years. But th- this is the not thing. Not having contact with each other. Yes, and, and this is the thing about being friends and knowing people. If you're not touching and helping that person in some type of way, they're really not. They're not going to. They're not going to come to you when they're hurt, when they're when they're frustrated, when they don't have an answer. They're not coming to you if you're not speaking life into that person. And, Brian, I know that you've had friends that, you know, when something happened to you, you 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 couldn't just go to everybody. It was only certain people that you would go to. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, there, there's like, there's still very few people that I, you know, really trust with my, you know, with my secret thoughts, I'll say like that. <laughs> you know, there's very few people who I could who I would trust to tell something that nobody else is supposed to know. Right. 
Mm-hmm. You know, because, I mean, a lot of times, you know, you put your trust in that person and you don't know who they're going to actually tell or what they're going to actually say. Mm-hmm. You know, and they may share your information with their, you know, person that they share their secret thoughts with. And then that person may share information, you know what I mean? Yeah. And it goes on and on. So you have to be really careful about who you tell and what you tell and how much you tell that person. Yeah, yeah. I, and I'm sitting here, Brian, I mean, you know, you and I, we go into the, the system, the, the uh, jails and places and detention centers. We've done that. I, you know, I, 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 can, I can't even imagine telling someone that they're infected or they're, they're positive. And, Brian, I, I can't remember the doctor that. I think it was Dr. I, I, I don't want to say pronounce his name wrong, uh, the African guy. Um, uh, was it Ingway? Dr. Ingway. Yeah, that's Ingway. You know, he, 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 he told us about children, young children coming in, being tested, and, you know, and being positive, 11, 12, 13 years old. Mm-hmm. And that's just that's just a, that's just I mean that just blows my mind. And what and what I think about that is when some when when a child is that young, the first thing that comes to my mind is that person was molested or or something happened. Right. Yeah. So so how so how how long uh, was was it? You know, Anastasia, how how did you guys deal with something like that, or was that something that you couldn't ask? Um, you know, rape victims and that type of thing. Well, there was a form that we that was required for us to complete when they when we do HIV and AIDS testing, and some of those personal questions are on there. Um, mm-hmm. How many people have you slept with in the last you know month or last three months? Um, are you a victim of sexual assault? Yes, we those questions are asked on that form. Right, and you have to remember too that all the questions that we ask them are confidential questions. So, exactly. you know, we don't share that information with with anyone. That information goes into a database. It's associated with a number and not a name. Exactly. You know, so all their information is held very confidential, and that's due to HIPAA laws, and that requires us as testers not to reveal who that person is or what their test results or what they answered. Wow, that you know, and, and to parents, Brian. I, I mean, how did you deal with a parent coming in and you having to tell? I guess you you have to separate the two. Is that how it works? Absolutely. The parent from the child. Absolutely. You tell the child now. The the parent, if the child is under a certain certain age, they tell the parent. But if the child is twelve years old or older, they can actually come and get their own test results, and they don't have to tell their parent. Wow. And what about the medicine? I mean, if 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 this is a child, a child can't um, pick up their own prescription, can they? No. No, they can't. And so at some point, well, if you're a certain age and you have a an ID, sure you could. I mean, but could you pay for that inf- that that prescription? Probably not. I think the average cost for HIV medication for over a year is roughly around three uh thirty to forty thousand dollars depending on what you're taking, you know, and how aggressive they're trying to be into reducing your viral load. Right. You know, which is the amount of uh HIV per uh 
liter of blood. You know, and it's a, it's a measurement that they use, and they call it the viral load. You know, and the when, when Brian and I we go in and we talk to the kids, a lot of them say, "Well, look at Magic Johnson; he's okay. I, I can do what he did." I mean, what would you say to 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 those boys that that are saying that? You know, the girls they don't they don't ever say anything. The girls, they're they're they're, they're kind of quiet. Every situation is different. Um, Magic has the money to buy the medicine, <laughs> you know, and I'm quite sure that's what he, he he's doing. But that may not be your case. You may not be as blessed and as lucky as um, Magic is. Um, or or in that much shape, because you have to remember, Magic is an athlete. He works out for right. hours at a time every day. So he keeps himself in top physical condition. He eats right. the right foods, you know. He's with the nutritionist, making sure that he keeps himself, you know, healthy and free from disease, you know, other than what he already has. You know, so if if you have the, if, I'll say like this, if you want to spend all of your hard-earned dollars doing that, <laughs> you know what I mean? Have at it. Have at it. I would rather be, you know, taking my $30,000 and investing it or, you know, spending on kids or something like that, you know? But that's that's a that's it's so tough. It's such a a tough thing. I I think that everything comes back to choices, Brian. You and I we talk about that all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, Brian, I think Miss Ralph just just came in. Yes, let's bring her on, star of stage and screen, and wonderful, beautiful, delightful woman of color, Miss Cheryl Lee Ralph. Are you there? Shin? Yes, Miss Ralph. Hi. Hello, Miss Ralph. How are you doing? This is great. I'm very well. How are you? I'm doing fine. We have uh, Brian and Anastasia on. Hello, Brian. Hello, Anastasia. How are you? Hello. I'm well, thank you. We heard that you're coming to Tallahassee this week. I will be in Tallahassee this weekend. Yes, I will be. <laughs> I will be speaking at the um, Women's HIV Conference there. Mm, okay. Absolutely. I, we remember, yeah, we remember you came the last time you were at FAMU, uh, and you, you, you did your show, and it was awesome. Oh, thank you very much. I remember that as a wonderful, wonderful turnout that we had in Tallahassee. So it's great to be coming back. Thank you. Absolutely, so and I just have, I've just received word that you have uh, a follower that says she will definitely be having lunch with you again. <laughs> Excellent. I look forward to it. <laughs> it's a little violinist, and she's all excited. Oh, I used to play violin. <laughs> Ms. Ralph, we have Anastasia Smith on. She used to work at one of the centers here in Tallahassee where they did the testing, and they she had to give the the bad news to people that were, in, in, they were infected. And, I mean, uh, it. you know, I, I guess my question is what what's causing you to – be so adamant about getting um, this information out to the people? You know, back for me, it all started back in 1981 as part of the original company of Dream Girls, and it was then that I stood witness to what I call such an ugly time in America. You know, back then I saw my friends just dropping dead of AIDS. There was no HIV. They were dropping dead of AIDS. They were developing those strange purple marks on their body, and they were dying. Many of them died under stigma, shame, but worse than that was the silence and the way people turned their backs on people 
who just days or weeks before had been friends, the way I, as a witness, saw people find it easy to just dump their children off on church stair steps like bags of used clothing for a rummage sale. I saw that with my own eyes, and as a human being, I simply dared to care then to raise my voice and speak up about something that I thought was wrong. I had no idea that by doing what was the human thing to do back in the day, that now when I raise my voice about this, that I'm actually talking about somebody's mother, somebody's sister, somebody's auntie, somebody's friend. Because nobody back then would have thought that in 1981 we would, we would turn into the new millennium, 2008, and it would be women of color, especially black women. So that's what drives me, because if we had, as human beings had done something about it sooner when it was gay people, instead of standing by and thinking it's okay if those gay people suffer, we wouldn't be in the position that we are in now. And that's what drives me. The sad part about it for me is people always ask me over and over, they said, well, you care so much. Are you infected? Isn't that a damn shame? You can't simply be a human being and care about people. There must be something going on with you. What goes on with me is people's inability to raise their voice and speak up when they see wrong things being done to others. Because there but for the grace of God go I. If you hate on them, trust me, you'll hate on me. Wow. You know, it's amazing because I've been asked that same question several times. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember showing up at um, the Gay, Lesbian, Bisexual, Transgender Student Union for an event. And I was asked, was I gay? Was I transgender? You know, uh-huh. was I bisexual? Was I positive? And I'm like, what's wrong with you? You know, what's wrong? Why are you here talking to right. us about it? You know, and I'm like, no, I'm a straight man. I have a wife and you know, beautiful wife and children. I don't want to be with a man. I only want to be with my wife. You know, these are the things that I had to explain to them. And then I explained to them, the reason I'm here is because I care about you probably more than you care about yourself. You know what's interesting? I have a line in my one-woman show. It says, my name is Cheryl Lee Ralph, and I love you in ways you will never completely comprehend. <laughs> I love that. I love it. <laughs> hey. You know, Ms. Ralph, let me ask you, when you first began doing your one-woman show, yeah, where did you get the inspiration? Phil, Phil Wilson, who founded the Black AIDS Institute, called me up and asked me to accompany him on a few speaking engagements around the country. And he knew that I had been speaking about the disease. And, you know, I thought I knew something about the disease. But it was like the summer of 2005, and that summer I just heard so many women's stories, so many black women's stories, Hispanic women's stories, and I was like, whoa, wait a minute, something's going on here. And, you know, I, and I say it in my show, I remember how these women laughed, but I will never forget how they cried. And that's really how it came together. I was simply, you know, listening to women tell their stories. Wow. That's so sad. Yeah, yeah. it is. And the, 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 what's sadder still is that it, it continues to go on. You know, I literally get stories from 
when people tell me their stories, I can't write it. I can't make it up. In other words, I can't make it up. I write the show, but it has to be given to me. The story has to be shared with me. So I, I'm just so saddened that I continue to get new stories. Wow. Wow. And, and Anastasia, are you there? I'm here. Yes. I, I, I wanted you to share uh, something with uh, some things that you uh, experienced when you were at the center with dealing with a lot of the young kids that were coming in there. Can, do you remember, uh, I, I know we, we, we talked about the times that you had to talk with people, and then you couldn't talk about God and you couldn't talk about faith, but you had to give them the neg- the positive uh, results. Right. Yeah, and, and, and we were talking about that, Miss Miss Ralph, and it, it how can you take God out of something like this? Oh, because, you know, in the past eight years, We've been under a sort of, um, in a way, I guess, managing the disease, trying to make the disease into what was more manageable for us as people, in that, you know, um, past President Bush had his PEPFAR plan, which, by the way, he did put a lot of money into it, but that money came with, with strings. You couldn't say this, you couldn't say that, you had to say A, B, C, and you had to give just the one the one um, script to the people. Well, guess what? The one script did not work for everybody because we certainly know that when certain movies open, you know, if it doesn't have the best script, folks don't want to see it. That's true. They don't want to hear it, so they don't get the message. And so many people were not getting the message. And, And young people especially continue not to get the message. I am frightened at what's going on on some of our college campuses, especially HBCUs, and how people find it okay to act like it's not happening. I mean, it's scary to me because mm-hmm. that gives the disease roots. That lets it become, that's, that lets it take a firm hold. And I fight so hard because I have children, and mm-hmm. I do not want my children's sexual awakening to kill them. <laughs> here, here. I have three of my own, and I, I totally concur. Mm-hmm. You know, it's funny you would talk about the HBCUs and the impact that they, uh, HIV and other sexually transmitted diseases would have on them because, interestingly enough, I was over at Florida A&M on Monday night mm-hmm. talking with uh, some of the teenagers there about abstinence and how important it is to wait until you get married. And so, you know, they were like, well, you know, what if uh, this situation or that situation occurs? And then I had to give them some STD facts. Right. You know, you know I basically told them, I said, you know, there are, there are about 10% of your population here on campus that's HIV positive. Right. And, they're, and like, they're shocked. 10%, <laughs> you know. And then I told them, I said, but that's not even the, the bad part about it. There are other STDs that are running rampant on the campus, like, Syphilis and chlamydia, which is just at an all-time high yeah. on college campuses. And they don't understand it. You know, certain things like, you know, HPV, human papillomavirus, mm-hmm. you know, they don't know all the details. You need Sometimes you have to, you know, get the information so that you can make proper choices for yourself. Because if you get um, HPV and you start getting warts on your, on your penis, on your vagina, if you engage in oral sex, and you get um, you start seeing things like esophageal 
or throat cancer. Mm-hmm. Th- that's how this thing spreads. That's how it shows itself. And I always try to tell students, look, sex is one of the greatest gifts that was ever given to human beings, but if you cannot have it responsibly, don't do it. Because sex is now life or death, and that's for real. And if at the very least, it's a deep itch in your crotch. (laughs) You you know, and I was going to talk about the information. I wanted to ask you, do you think that it's the lack of information being out there for these kids to fully understand this? It's absolutely a lack of information. It's absolutely the lack of the proper message for them. You know, and and the hard part is that when you try to get the message out there, there are people that still want you to shut up and be quiet. Look at what Obama did. President Obama said we're putting $350 billion out there to educate young people about STDs. We're going to fight these STDs. He said a healthy America is a better America. And a whole lot of public officials said, oh, wait a minute, we're not spending any money on STDs. Why should we do that? And they did everything to strike that language out. Mm -hmm. So you see, we've got to wake up as people because we do not value health, and we certainly don't like kids. America does not like young people. If America liked young people, we'd have better schools. If America liked young people, we would figure out how to get buses to take kids to school instead of building prisons right next to college campuses. If America really loved their children, we would put health and sexual education back in the school so that children, young people, teenagers can make better choices for themselves and guarded and given the proper information, you would be shocked the kind of choices they make for themselves. Wow. Wow. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Well, Ms. Ralph, we thank you for coming on. I know you're busy. I know, but, you know, we're, 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 we're loving. We love you. We love your show. We love everything that you're doing. Thank and you. We, yes, and we're looking so forward to seeing you this coming weekend. Thank you, and please encourage those who are listening, those, of, those who want to get tested and say, you know what, I just don't know where to go. I want you to log on to Test Together, testtogether.org. Simple, testtogether.org. Put in your zip code and a number of places will come up around this country where you can go and get tested, many of them for free. Valentine's Day is coming up. You're going to give a lot of kisses. Make sure you take your condoms too. Kisses condoms get tested together lovers take each other mothers take your daughters fathers show your son what a real man is all about get tested because this disease is a hundred percent preventable it doesn't have to happen test together thank you so much you're welcome Bye-bye. And we will see you on this weekend. All right. <laughs> I'll see you this weekend, February 7th, National Black HIV Awareness Day. Thank Absolutely. You. Ladies Bye-bye. and gentlemen, Ms. Cheryl Lee Ralph. You know, Greg, Go ahead, I, I'm, I'm over here and I'm just all cheesing because I'm thinking, wow, you know, I get to meet her again. And, you know, she's always been so gracious when she's come on the show and, 
<laughs> I just can't stop smiling. <laughs> yeah, see something. You know, I, 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 I really, I was, I was hoping that she could, um, you know, as a woman, um, share some things with with um, Anastasia. But because of, of time, actually, she was just leaving. She was running back on onto the stage. She was off of the side of the stage, and she promised that she would call in and talk with us. Mm-hmm. And now she's she's probably on the stage right now. Um, and and that's why she was calling in so late. She's she's on she was on the red carpet. So she's busy. She's busy doing her thing, and she's busy out there helping people. And and the reason that I wanted her to talk with Anastasia is because I I wanted to get into the down low brothers or the people that are on the DL. That's what they call it. Mm-hmm. And you know, and and it's not fair to women. You, you you're finding now, Brian. We hear it all the time where. Uh, husband and wife, and they're, they're finding out that their husband is now fooling around with another man, mm-hmm. and, and and now they're infected. They didn't have a clue. And you know, Anastasia, I know uh, I, I won't say the cooler, but you know, people when when you're at work and people they call it the cooler when people are talking. But you know what what's being said uh, from the women as far as about the men out there now. Being uh, um, going both ways. I can um, I can even go back working with the organization I was working at. We had guys come in there, and to look at them, you couldn't tell that they were gay. But when you begin to start asking those questions, one of the questions are: you heterosexual? Are you homo? And after that question go out, are you gay? Or you know, and the answer is yes. You would have never thought that that person was gay. This person was playing basketball, running track. But when you ask that person that question, yeah, I'm gay, but how many guys have you slept with? Four or five, you know? So it's like you can't tell if a person is gay or not gay. They may put this front on to you, but it behind closed doors, like you said, Greg, down low, brother. Mm-hmm. And you're seeing so much of that now. Seeing a lot of that now. You know, Greg, interestingly enough, you're seeing it a lot both ways. Yes. Not I'll just with the down low, brothers, you know, but with this new phenomenon. And, and the thing about it with most of the sisters, they're not even on the down low. Mm-mm. You know, and it's, and it's kind of... It gets to a point where now where you say, well, wait a minute, you know, what's going on? You know, where you're not really sure what to think, but you know that something's just not right. Right. You know, but the 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 issues that I know um, that I've seen and experienced being a HIV AIDS awareness counselor and tester is that when you do begin to ask these questions, a lot of the folks that do open up to you, you can see right into their soul. Right. And, you know, you you find that many of them, you know, are going through things and many of them are, are hurting. And so you, you want to ask the questions, but then at the same time you realize each time you ask that question, you're digging deeper into their heart. And, exactly. you know, they're afraid to tell you the truth, but if they don't tell you the truth, it's going to kill them. You know, did you experience that when you were testing folks? Oh yes, all the time. 
I mean, and I would have this long, draw-out conversation for hours because they would tell me their whole life story, you know. And like you said, each question take you further and further and further. And mm-hmm. some that had built that trust with you, they would go deeper. Mm-hmm. They were willing to share. And, and it's, yeah. you know, a, 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 aside from work, away from work, and your friends, I'm sure everybody's calling to you for advice. And people, I mean, you sound like this type of person, that the lovable person that people can call and, and they can talk to and they can pour their heart out to you. When you're not at work and you and you can take that professional hat off and, and this person is, is going through, they're having problems with their husband, they're having problems with their finances, and, and they're, just, they're just going through. What do you tell them at this point? Okay. Then it's all game. It's all jokes aside. Oh yeah. It's all about God now. That that's the only thing. That's the only thing I can direct them to is the Word of God. Okay, you going through this and you going through that, but what do the Word of God say? That we're overcomers. You know. Mhm. Wow. I lead them to the Word, and I try not to go get personal with them of what Anastasia would think because that's not going to do them any good now. Because I've gone through. Yeah. I don't want to hear what you say. I don't want to hear what you think. I need something that's going to bring me out. I need something that's going to lift this burden off of me. Yeah. And I always end up to the Word of God. So if I know the Word of God is going to help me, then that's what I suggest and recommend to anybody that call me, may stop me, that I may cry on, I'm going to have sympathy with you. I'm going to feel your compassion. I'm going to go through all that. But I still got to give you what the Word of God says. Uh And sometimes you may not even like what the Word of God or what the Lord is giving me to tell you at that time. Mm. But that's where I'm going to lead you to. And you know what? the Word. And, you know, people, uh, especially a, a lot of people will be offended when you do that. But when you do it and they know that you've gone through, they know that you've been there, they know that you've hurt, they can they can feel that and, and they can accept that. And, and just like Brian and I, when we go certain places, a lot of people are asking, how in the world are you guys able to relate to these kids? Yeah. You know, you, have you ever been in a detention center? No, it's not a matter if, if I've been in a, a detention center. It's a matter of have I ever been hurt or have I ever uh, been in the valley and, and what did I do to pull myself up? Right. Because we're dealing with so many people. Brian, I'll let Brian tell you. Brian, every show that we've done, just oh, about yeah. with women, <laughs> you know where I'm going. Yeah, I already There's knew so where you were going when you said it. So many. You know. Yeah, and it's just so many of the women. I would say, Brian, I got to say 88 to 90 percent of the women yeah. have either been molested or raped. We just did a show Monday night. Had nothing whatsoever to do with that, but that came out. The lady said that she was molested as a child, and that's hard. Brian, I know you were trying to go. You're trying to say something. Go ahead. No, I was going to say uh, I was chiming in on what you were saying, as far as like the molestation and the rape. You know, it it was as soon as she said it, I thought about it. Wow, there's goes another one, and that's exactly what the message that I relayed over to Greg. You know, I like there's goes another one, and it's like it's sad because you know 
each month we talk to a new person that's been, you know, molested or raped. And most of the time it has nothing to do with our show. But it's just that we'll ask them, you know, well, what qualifies you? You know, what qualifies you to talk about what you talk about? You know, or what qualifies you? What, what, what drives you to do what you're doing? You know, because there's something that has to drive everybody. I know my, the, the, one of the reasons I'm in the arena of HIV and AIDS and I'm an advocate for abstinence is because, you know, I have family members that have died because of those poor choices they made regarding their sexuality. You know, I've been in that situation where, you know, I was afraid that, hey, I might be positive because I know what I did wrong, you know. And so I want to inform people and let people know what's going on. So that's, that's what drives me. My passion is for people, for helping people, you know. And many a times when we've talked to people on the show and we've asked them questions, they've talked about, you know, their past issues with molestation, you know, or, hey, I've been raped. I remember talking to a lady who said she was raped three separate times. Yeah. Now, if you can imagine going through three straight car crashes. You know, that's that has to be just a microcosm of what she of the emotions that she went through, you know, and then for her to have enough courage to come on and say, "Hey, look, I've been through this three different times." And Brian at the, and Brian at the end of the show, when we hang up and we and we're done with the show, I'm not trying to cut you off, but I want to make sure I put this in there. The ladies that that come forward and they do that, they always tell us I didn't mean for that to come out. I didn't mean to talk about that. Mm-hmm. But now I'm free. Wow. Yeah. Now I'm free. I said it. Now I'm free. They were talking about it. Now they're free. Now they're able to forgive that person. And, Brian, we're running out of time, but now that forgiveness is another powerful thing that we, we can get into at some, at some point. But, Anastasia, we got to have you to come back on the show and, and, and just sit with us in fellowship because tonight it just it went by too fast. Mm-hmm. It just went by yeah. too fast. But, Anastasia, we have about a minute left. I want you to to take the mic and, and tell someone that's going through, that's hurting, that don't know the Lord, that don't believe that they can be healed or that their situation can be turned around. What would you say to them right now? I would say to them, if they're not saved or if they if their faith is weak, that I encourage them now just to just to reach out to God because He's there, waiting, waiting for you to just make up your mind because He's already died for all of us sins. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, and the chastisement of His people is upon Him. So by every last one of his stripes, you have already healed. So all you have to do is believe and walk therein. Mm. And by faith, it's already done. It's according to your faith. Be it done unto you. Wow. It's according to what they believe, basically. That's it. Wow. They believe they can be healed. They can they can be healed. Wow. And it does. It's not going to happen overnight. I mean, it's it's, it's really a mindset. It's just your mind. Yes. You can get your mind to believe and to thinking. I cannot believe this can Brian. happen to me. I can't believe Brian is quiet right now. He, he he I know he's jumping at the bits to say something. I am. I 
I, I want to get this in. We've got about 10 seconds left. I just want everybody to remember to go and be a part of the Capital City Sisters Organized and Sisters to Survive, and that's at the Lincoln Neighborhood Center, February 6th through 7th this weekend. Please make sure you go out and be a part of that event. You know, but uh, on the other issue, you know, hey, uh, I, you know, I don't know what to say. I mean, I'm I'm almost speechless on that. Yes, I know. You know, yeah. because you know, when you're going through something, you know, it it's it's never easy. You know, it's never easy when you gotta go through something, especially if you're going through something by yourself. You know, you don't have anybody to talk to, and nobody wants to listen. You know, you know. Says, I'm gonna ask you a question. What do you do when 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 you're going through something? and nobody else wants to listen to you. That's a hard place. That's a hard, a very hard place to be. But like I said, I have to go to the one I know that's going to bring me through, and that's to God. I have to go to God. And there was a time in my life where I didn't even think he was listening to me. Mm. But yet he was. I just didn't feel it. I didn't know it. But at the end of the thing, I know that he was always there all the time because of how he brought me out. I didn't see the movement at first, but somewhere deep inside, I know that he was still moving all the time. Mm. And you said that you you thought he wasn't listening. Did you get? Were you angry? I became angry because I'm like, God, where are you? You said in your word, you would never leave me, nor will you forsake me. But I'm praying to you. I'm coming to you. I'm, list, I'm looking for you to answer me. You're not saying anything to me. What is it, God? What did I do? Why you can't answer me? Why you're not showing me what I need to do? I'm asking you. I'm waiting on you. I don't want to move before you move. But you're not telling me what to do, but my back is against the wall. But mm. you're not answering me. What do I do? And I begin to get angry. Eventful because I'm like, God, where are you? I need you now. Mm-hmm. But you're not answering me right now. And so, yes, it built up a lot of anger in me, but like I said, he worked things out for my good. Every time. But I didn't see it at the time. Every single time, huh? Every single time he worked things wow. out for my good. Wow. Anastasia. After I come out of the situation, I can see that. Awesome. But going through the storm, you can't see. Right. And you're right. able to step back and, and you, you know, come out. Anastasia, we thank you so much for coming on the show. And we, we're going to have you back on. And, uh-huh. Brian, did you have any things that you wanted to, last-minute things that you wanted to say to Anastasia or last-minute announcement? Uh, I just want to say thanks for joining us. Thanks for coming on and putting up with me and Greg. <laughs> it was my pleasure. I thank you guys for inviting me. Yes, we we. I tell you what, I'm sitting here and I'm taking notes, so uh, we'll we'll definitely talk about the notes that I've taken. And you know what, Brian, a lot of information was given out tonight by Miss Ralph and also by Anastasia and, and yourself. And it, it's just a wonderful thing when you can go back and listen to the show again, and it's something that you thought you you know you didn't hear, but you know, you miss something, and you can hear it, and it, it's, I mean, it just makes everything so clear and so plain. But again, Anastasia, thank you so much. And Brian, we, you know, we want to welcome everybody to come back next week on Monday. Now, next Monday is going to be an awesome show, Brian. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, we're dealing with gang prevention. We're dealing with our youth and how we've lost them, and we need to find them, you know, give them a solution so they can come back home, so they can come back to the real home. With that being said, you've been listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Brian, we did achieve our goal of being more, doing more, and having more. Good night.